the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greeny. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and thank you for tuning into the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week we've got the fantastic Joanna Drake on the show who is the CIO at THG. So THG, formerly known as the Hut Group, has grown from a startup business to a global digital commerce group, fast becoming one of the world's leading beauty and well-being online retail organisations. Founded back in 2004, THD operates more than 160 websites that sell premium products across 140 different markets. Their digital commerce success stems from developing their own industry-leading and award-winning technology called THD Ingenuity. Ingenuity. It powers the THD's own brands, including Look Fantastic, My Protein, A Spa, Glossy Box, as well as huge international giants such as Nintendo and Honda. Hello, Joanna. Hello. Hi. Hi, Joe. So nice to have you on. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? Good. Yeah, good. Thank you. How's your How's your day going so far? Yeah, really good. Really good. It's um, I've got a day off today. It's my birthday. Oh, oh, oh happy birthday! I feel like we should sing happy birthday, but I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'll do that at the end. <laughs> oh, no, I'm having I'm having a nice day off with the family. So um, oh, I'm just taking a little break to talk to you, lovely ladies. So uh, so yeah, good. Thank oh, you. Thank you. So, I feel honoured now. I know, uh, I know, I feel honoured that you've uh, taken some time out on your birthday to speak to us. <laughs> to make sure it's a special uh, special episode then, won't we? Um, <laughs> ha- what have you got planned today then? Have you got anything? I know, obviously, we're on lockdown still, so it's... Yeah, well, my amazing husband is making it a very special day for me, and uh, he knows I like seafood and champagne, so I think there'll probably be something going on uh, in that sort of area around lunchtime. So, uh, so yeah, it's just it's just nice to have a, a day off um, and uh, spend it with the family. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. seafood and champagne sounds like a great way to spend your birthday. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lockdown doesn't stop that, does it? So, yeah. no, definitely not. Nice day of uh, drinking some nice champagne. I'm sure when we've we've finished up recording this, then it's a bit, a bit of a nice <laughs> surprise when you go downstairs. Yeah, it's, it's a good job that this was in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could have told us some interesting stories in the afternoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cool. So um, great to have you on. Um, we, um, I'd love to just start, um, I guess, initially with telling our um, v- listeners and viewers um, a bit more about you and how it all started, how you, um, I guess, started on your road and journey to um, CIO. Um, obviously, you've worked for some pretty impressive businesses. I mean, I, every time I kind of look at your profile and the companies that I've you've worked at, I just think, wow, it's just so impressive. And BBC and Accenture, Diageo, and I mean I'm sure you'll go into 
a bit of detail how you kind of went from one business to another but it'd be great to tell the, the listeners all about your journey yeah definitely so um I never intended on a on a career in technology um I I think for me and anyone that knew me I was sports mad and I think I probably thought I'd always have some sort of career in some sort of sport um and I think um I sort of fell into my first role really uh, through a family friend and um I was doing sort of technical projects in my school holidays if you like I I thought everyone was doing that I thought that was a normal thing to do um so I did enjoy it but I um never really considered it as a career and there was a time I I had quite a bad injury and I took a job um I'd already been doing some contracting work through this family friend and um I took a job on a help desk uh which was never part of my plan and uh I absolutely loved it. And every time the phone rang, I wanted to help the person on the other end of the phone understand what was going on and fix it. Um, And then I wanted to fix it for everybody. It was like, hang on a minute, that's the fifth person that's rang. And why does that happen every Wednesday afternoon at two that, you know, the payroll system goes down or or whatever. So I um, really loved understanding problems and and helping people and solving them permanently and, and helping the business run better because you you can either introduce better technology or just fix all of their problems so that's where it all started for me and and then I sort of didn't really go a fully technical route I probably went a more service management route um in understanding well you know if we can manage incidents properly and then do some more sort of proactive work to analyze that data and understand the underlying problems and fix them Um, and you know this is all sort of service management type stuff um, and then I sort of stepped up and then I, I ran the help desk and then I did a sort of stint in what was known then as sort of desktop support. Um, and, and then I kind of went on into roles like more senior management roles to do with service management. So, you know, I recognized um, that every time we changed anything, we broke everything. So it was kind of like, how can we manage change better? And I got quite involved in that. Um, and then I got an opportunity to go um and work for Yahoo. And Yahoo were looking for somebody to head up global service management for them and to devise and implement um, a global service management strategy that ultimately would result in their, with about 900 services Yahoo had at that time, ultimately ended up in them being more highly available and performant. And um, I spent a wonderful three, three, three and a half years at Yahoo Mm -hmm. devising that strategy, traveling around the world, implementing it, you know, looking at the results, analyzing the results and improving. Um, And yeah, had a, had an absolute, had an absolute ball at Yahoo. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that led to the BBC and uh, BBC, it's the same sort of thing. I initially uh, worked in the digital media side of the BBC and digital distribution operations. Very similar thing, just improving the way that they operate. Um, and then I moved, uh, I worked on the digital media initiative for a while while I was there as well. Was and that, then... Um, was that in Manchester? Because you've, you've moved about quite a bit for your roles. I have. Actually, that was in uh, London. London. At uh, White City. Um, but I was involved in the project to build Media City. Um, so actually, it's weird yeah. thinking and now where I'm at Media City. Yeah. So the office I work in now in Media City is right opposite the first building that I went up when we, you know, in steel toe caps and yeah. uh, 
headgear mm-hmm. to you know go around the building so um so yeah I was sort of between a bit of time in Manchester London and also I spent quite a bit of time in um Cardiff and Bristol as well uh, mm-hmm. with the BBC uh, where the uh, outdoor broadcast stuff uh, was run from um so yeah I spent some great time at the BBC and then um I got a call from Betfair Betfair was on my list of places to work because some of the best people I'd ever worked with were working at Betfair so when I got the call I was you know really interested uh, in that and um, I was really interested in the technology at Betfair and the the sheer scale of it Um, so um, again that was a sort of global service management type role was that Um, sorry was that was that call through um the recruitment team or was it someone that you knew I'm just trying to get an idea of yeah from talent yeah the sort of talent acquisition uh, team internally yeah yeah Yeah. and um again wonderful wonderful couple of years uh at Betfair that was where um I became a mum when I was working for Betfair as well and, and I got married as well. So a lot happened um, in my life professionally and personally when I was at Betfair. Um, and then um, I got a call from a company called Wood Mackenzie, who I'd never heard of. <laughs> like, never heard of this company. And uh, again, um, some people that I worked for with before working there, it sounded like such a great opportunity. Um, you know, more of a where I'd sort of worked for more fast growth, fairly young, um, innovative companies with McKenzie was quite different to that. Um, had a lot of the same problems, but but sort of for different reasons. And I went on there to sort of run the um, to be SVP of the technology services group, um, and that was looking after all of the staff technology. Um, they'd been through a big digital transformation. Um, they sold. Uh, still do gas and oil insight and they digitized the the whole thing well that was still going on when I joined and we were getting that done uh, and then running basically all of the technology globally for for Wood Mackenzie um, and it was when I was there I was very fortunate to be sponsored um, and selected to do a Harvard leadership program um, which at the time was quite daunting because uh i was in a new job we'd relocated to edinburgh uh my son was still small and i needed to go off to uh new york on a fairly regular basis to take part um in this program you don't like um, to do things easy then do you <laughs> no, never never which at the time it was like how are we going to manage this but um, as always my husband was su- super supportive and we just made it work because uh, it was such an incredible opportunity to be able to do that and it was really there that I on that course I learned so much um about myself um strengths I didn't realize I have weaknesses I should just accept and get over um and I learned a hell of a lot uh, when, I, when I was in that when I was in on that course um and then eventually I went sky scanner after that um to uh, look after engineering and operations I was there for about a year and and here I am as CIO at THG so it's been quite uh, quite a journey um but uh, I've yeah learned hell of a lot along the way and uh, been to some amazing places and, and been very very blessed to work in some great businesses some great brands and great people yeah absolutely work for some fantastic organizations you've had some great roles there um so tell us a little bit more about um your role at um THG what you're doing there 
um, and how that came about as well? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, THD is an organisation I've admired um, and been in contact with actually for a number of years. Um, I was a customer of their brands anyway. Um, and, you know, I, got, I spoke to them quite a few years ago about a role and the role wasn't quite right. And it's just been a relationship that I constantly maintain with their, with their talent team, where we spoke about a number of roles on the way. I knew the company was right for me and the culture was right for me. We just That's need right. the right job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then bingo, you know, it happened mm. and um, the CIO role came up and, you know, it was perfect perfect for me um so yeah that's how that's how i um ended up with thg no, known them for years very passionate about their, their products and their brands even at that time and they've got even more now that i'm uh, passionate and a, and a consumer of as well um mm -hmm. so what i do at thg is there's kind of two sides to my role really one is i look after all of the technology that the staff use Mm -hmm. um and that is quite vast because that might sound like it's sort of um laptops and things and it does include that but we're a very diverse business so we do have staff that work in offices but we also have staff that work in factories and warehouses mm -hmm. and hotels and uh, a spa um and makeup counters in selfridges um and everything in between so it's a really interesting environment because we need to make sure that whether you're a picker or packer in the warehouse, you're on the exec, you're one of the drivers, you're on a makeup counter, or you're in an office, mm -hmm. that the technology you use to your, for your job is tip top. And um, we've been going through a big transformation over the last um, sort of 18 months, really, to transform not only the staff uh, technology, but the way that we manage it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that really comes to fruition when we went into lockdown as well, because it meant we were able to react really, really quickly yeah. and, and still grow as a business while, while we're in lockdown. Um, so that's one half of my job is looking mm -hmm. after that. And then the sort of other side of my job is probably better known as global service operations. And this is... Um, being the sort of first and second line support for all of our global websites, 24 7, 365, mm -hmm. making sure that they're up and they're performant and they're highly available. And if anything does go wrong, that that is dealt with super quickly mm -hmm. and followed up to make sure that um, it doesn't happen again. Um, so that's sort of looking after all of THG's websites, plus the websites we build for other mm -hmm. businesses, like, you know, you mentioned Nintendo. Um, and then also we're a big hosting business. So, um, you know, we've got the, you know, tens of thousands of hosting customers, um, you know, from just having a domain, you know, like bobthebuilder.co or, or whatever, right up to some very, very big dedicated hosting customers. Um, and my team do all the level one, two and three support uh, for, for our hosting business. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's kind of those are the two areas that I, that I look after. Fantastic. Wow. Um, so what size, um, and obviously it's a very, obviously got two very, very key important aspects of the business as part of your role. Um, on the people side, what, what size team, what remit have you got in terms of responsibility? I think overall there's about um, 85 people in the team, um, mainly based in uh, Manchester, some in London, um, couple in the US and Ukraine um the level three support team are in Ukraine so um yeah and of course they're all quite 
different roles. You've got the sort of staff technology side of the business who are, you know, very much your sort of Microsoft stack. Um, we use Octave single sign-on. Uh, you know, it's all that sort of staff technology side of things. And then on the other side with the, the, the support, it's, you know, your support engineers. You've got guys on the phone, guys on chat dealing with tickets, right through some very, um, you know, technically skilled and, and experienced engineers. Really too. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So that brings me nicely onto my next question. How do you lead your teams? What's your tell us more about your leadership style and um and and how would your how do you think your team would describe your leadership style? I think um I'd be surprised if anyone on my team didn't know I'm very much a people first leader. People are the most important thing to me and we work, um, we focus a lot in our team on giving people the best opportunities, um, getting the most out of them and being able to play them in the right position in the team to make sure that the team delivers the best result that they possibly can. So we are very, very team orientated um, and we believe in strengthening each player of that team um, to make them the best that they can be. Um, and we like to have the best time doing it as well. So we... Um, you know, as well as sort of running and supporting, we do we do run a big program of improvement works. Um, but we have one program that constantly runs all the time, and that's called our One Team uh, program. And this is all about our One Team culture. And we are um, there's a few of us that sort of sit in that program. We meet every two weeks. We talk about the team, how the team is, what we can do to make the team stronger, and to develop them um, further. Okay. Um, really and nice. really focusing on the people elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, we're all very uh, people focused. And, you know, they without without the people, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. Without, without people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big old bro. And like you say, people are key to that and everything you do. And your background in service and the support aspect as well. I'm sure it means that you've um, been in some in situations before, um, yeah. difficult situations that you've had to get yourself and the business out of. Have you got any examples of any real stories, I guess, that cut deep and, and, and you really learn a lot from? It's probably a couple that spring to mind. One's probably a more general one. And that is, so I, I operate at a high level of trust. So I, I, you know, we're all different in in that way. Trust is quite an important thing to me. That's trust I put in people and trust that people put in me. But, but you have to accept with that, that there will be times that people let you down. Mm. You know, you trust in somebody, you trust that they told you that that thing was done uh, and it wasn't. And, um, it's it's really learning to not let that affect me too much but just to understand because I do operate at a high level of trust that does enable me to work on many things at the same time because I can put trust in people to meet certain things but I have to accept with that that um you know that someone will let me down um and that I'll have to manage that um I think the other biggest lesson I learned and it was on my very first day when I was a help desk um, agent and um, a release, a software release had been done or or probably more a change back then. Actually, this is a very long time ago. And um, something broke and a a customer called in. And when I contacted the engineer, um, 
to ask for help. Um, he sort of really shouted back at me, like, you know, I'd called him out of hours. Um, and he wasn't happy that I'd called him out of hours. Um, and he, he was particularly uh, rude to me and uh, put the phone down. I was really quite upset. And then I thought, hang on a minute. Who are you shouting at me for? I should be shouting at you. You were the one that did this release and didn't check that it was actually working before you went to sleep. Um, and now I'm bringing you up to correct your mistake and you want to have a go at me about it. It's the customer that's got the problem. I haven't got the problem and you, you haven't got it. You need to fix it. You caused it. So I think it was that, you know, um, the, I think when you work in support, there can be that feeling that you're the underdog. Yeah. Um, and that um, you know you mustn't tell other people in tech that things are broken or maybe they need to address something in their area but that's kind of a big part of your job um, is you know you are the keeper of the live services and making sure they're available for customers and if they're not you need to work with the appropriate people to get it back up and running so I think I learned from that very first day even though he upset me I learned how important that frontline role is, those level one engineers that are on the coal face, it's a really important job and it should never be undermined. Yeah, agree. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I think it would be interesting, obviously, your background in service and then taking on other areas of the organisation, like you say, you've taken on the technical side of it, development before as well. How did you find that adjusting from a the service manager role as you progressed up and took on bigger areas of the business? I think um, so very, very early on, on in my career, when I was, um, I said I was doing these projects in the summer holidays, I did used to dabble with some development. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it was kind of more like visual basic um, automated workflow, something called step 2000 that I, that I worked with years ago. And um, the bit, I really enjoyed when I was doing that was talking to the customer about what they were trying to achieve or what problem they were trying to solve. And mm. then I found the bit of going and building it quite boring. Um, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, great. So that, that, and, and then hope, so that will get you that result. And then I'd go off and I'd kind of build it. And then I'd come back and go, so like that. And they'd be like, yeah, nearly, but just change that bit. And it was the interaction with the customer and the understanding the problem bit that I solved not actually doing the technical bit. So I guess when I started to inherit um, that more technical in the development teams and, and you know, inheriting things like um, security um, and, and the CISO reported into me when I was at Wood Mackenzie, it was all very much the same thing for me. It was about, right, okay, development team, what problems are you solving? And they, I really wanted them to, and I felt they needed to understand the purpose of what they were doing and what difference it was going to make. Because to me, if you can't understand that, then why are you doing it? And, and you don't need to be technical. And some fantastic technical um, resource and people and skills and experience, there's loads of it, but, but they needed to be focused on the right things. And that's where I felt my strengths really came in was being able to, you know, I sat on the board at Wood Mackenzie and being able to say, right, okay, right, so that's where we want to get to. And that's what you're trying to achieve with that. And then I'm thinking in my head, so why are we building this, this and this? So I could go back to the team and actually tell the story. And I think storytelling is a massive part of my role, being able to understand a problem, convert it into a story that can be very clearly and quickly conveyed to the people that can actually 
deliver the thing um, that will achieve that and get that done. And then that ends in success. And the more that you succeed with the team, the morale gets higher. You know, that like, mm. we did it, we've delivered something and it delivered that result. We've either saved this much money for the business or we've created an opportunity that drives more revenue for the business. What's next? Okay, so the next thing we're going to try and do or the next opportunity. So even though, you know, my technical skills um, were <coughs> or non-existent from those early days, it was the storytelling piece. And it's so important, isn't it? to be, yeah. And also to be able to give people like the vision, but also the job satisfaction. That storytelling piece is so important to everyone because it's actually interesting how many times you'll ask someone in a business, so why are you doing that then? And they'll go, yeah. I've been told to do that. Whereas it sounds like what you're trying to really create, which creates a better team environment and a better culture at the end of it, is by taking everyone on that journey about what THG are really trying to achieve, um, which... Yeah. I'm sure in turn helps push the core values of the business as well, which is amazing. I always think that service managers make great leaders anyway, I think because of the level of the communication aspect. Um, so I think yeah, that's definitely so, an advantage to start off in service and then progress. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, and I hope over time we start to see more people taking that track as well mm. um, and realising that, you know, those communication skills um, are, translate into fantastic leadership skills too definitely fantastic. yeah and um, it, it, it sounds like um i mean obviously you've, you've mentioned quite a number of things um during this podcast around how you motivate your people how you motivate your teams um obviously a very kind of people-led leader um and rightly so we said before about how you know obviously without your people what do you have it, it is all about your people and, and that's the most important thing is there anything else that you haven't mentioned that you um that you do to specifically to motivate your teams um or anything that you've had to adapt and change given the current climate um obviously we're still on lockdown at the moment so if there's anything that you've kind of implemented that's new that the listeners might be interested in hearing about or anything that you think you do differently well, I think um, there's a couple of things. I mean, I think in with lockdown, to be honest, we weren't all under the same roof anyway. So we were always very used to video calling and talking to each other. In fact, we probably talk to each other more now on lockdown because we have, you know, a stand up every single morning with the entire team. We check in with everybody and make sure they're OK. So that's probably increased a bit. But it was already there. We've just increased it as we're all as we're all remote now. Um, something we work on um, in the team, we've got a very simple method that we follow. We just call it SWD, which stands for strengths, weaknesses and desires. So this is something we do with every individual in the team. And they simply fill out a form that says, what do you think strengths are? What are your weaknesses and what are your desires? And where we talk about the team and every challenge we get faced with, we always want to put the members in the team into the right positions to deliver that thing. So if you've got a project and, and maybe it's very deeply technical, maybe there's a high level of data analysis um, or organization or communication, you kind of pick the right strengths, the ingredients that you need to deliver that thing. And that can be a different shape for everything that you're doing. What we also use that for, this strengths, weaknesses, desires things covers that, but it also covers... Um, where we want to give people the right coaching. So um, 
in a couple of different ways, as in you might have a strength that you could strengthen even more to make you totally amazing. In that case, we'll, we'll match you up with a coach. You might have a weakness you want to develop that we can use to match you up with a coach. You might have a weakness that you just go, forget it. Just mm -hmm. scratch it off. There's no point trying to develop that weakness. Let's put the effort into it to developing your strengths further. So it allows us to work all of that stuff out as part of somebody's development plan. Um, we obviously can find somebody with a strength that can help somebody develop someone's weaknesses and we can match coaches up, up that way. And then the desires piece is really about where we try and match people up with the right mentors. That's sort of that, who do you want to be or what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, and then finding somebody who's maybe uh, either on the journey to that role or in that role and matching them up. And that's not always somebody in the same organisation. I was going to ask that if it was always yeah. internal. Yeah, I mean, we, um, I have always looked for mentors and coaches for people, not only in the same organisation, but outside. Um, and I'm doing that with a couple of my guys at the moment where um, I know there's people I've worked with or around at other organisations that are just exactly where I think they want to be. And they've met and had a coffee and, you know, they're kind of learning um, from each other so mm -hmm. this one little exercise that's so straightforward and doesn't take a lot of time or brain power to do just gives us so much data and insight to help us deliver things well because we can play people in the right positions but also helps put together that sort of coaching and, and mentoring and development plan for, for everybody yeah. to help them all be better and develop their career at the same time fantastic amazing um it's um yeah a, a new one to me i haven't heard of that one before and it sounds brilliant um, no we made that one up it was just one of those this is quite straightforward and simple and therefore people will be able to complete it and well sometimes you can overcomplicate these things yeah you? like you said it's simple easy to follow doesn't take a lot of time but it will really help you to understand the desires and drivers of your people yeah. and what they need um, help with. And the fact that the mentor inside that you look externally as well is amazing. Because I often think that actually an external mentor is always better than internal because there's always going to be certain things that you might not want to. Yeah. Yeah. Of interest. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, fantastic. Um, so, what are you most passionate about at the moment? Um, it, it will all, it will always be the people thing. And that's obviously I've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but it's just continuing to work um, with, you know, with the people um, in the team. We, we've still got lots to go on and do at THG, which is really, really exciting. Um, I am involved with a few things outside of THG. Um, I work really closely with um, Trafford Domestic Abuse Services, um, recently become a trustee uh, for that charity on their board. Um, and, you know, it's a really challenging time for domestic abuse and it's been interesting. Yeah joining you know the board in in with my technology capacity and and having a think about what we can what we can do and what we can achieve um together so um yeah that's really exciting for me i'm right at the beginning of that um and i'm also involved with the uk it leaders group and i sit on the board um of that as well which is um a group of senior it you know, sort of director, CIO, CTO uh, level roles. We're a um, 
we're, we're a group of people that um, get together, have discussions, help each other out. Mm. Um, and, you know, we hold events. We've been doing, you know, virtual events sort of in, in the evenings um, to, to just help each other out. And, you know, we are a group of IT leaders and we're ran by IT leaders. And we kind of understand what challenges we're all trying to achieve. And, uh, and yeah, we work with, with other vendors and suppliers as well to, to match that up and, and help each other out. So um, that's exciting as well. So I feel I'm giving back, you know, giving yeah. back to them. Yeah, definitely. I've seen, I've seen quite a lot of them. Um, I've seen a lot of um, action around that on um, LinkedIn recently, actually. There's been quite a lot of promotional material um, and, and there's some great people involved in that. And um, I mean, we can, we can maybe touch on it again towards the end of the session, but um, it, yeah. any of the listeners and viewers are interested in... Um, so we, we spoke to someone, actually, um, one of the directors at Experian um, last week, and he lives um, in the South, and he was saying that he felt that there wasn't really much of a tech community or like a leadership community that he could um, um, pull on. So it was quite interesting because I think I saw um, that you have got a Southern part within. within the North. Yeah. Although we did, it did start as a Northern IT leaders group. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, some of us are not originally from the North. Yeah. So we really in contact with some in the South and we were going, we haven't got anything like that down here. And we started sort of doing it separately. And there, there was a group for the Midlands as well. And then it was like, look, we're just UK leaders. And actually, as we went into lockdown, it made more sense because the reach is so much easier virtually and online. Yeah, you know? It's not like when it was Northern IT leaders and we said, right, you know, we're, we've got an event and it's in Manchester, um, you know, this evening and there'd be a certain amount of us come together. When it's virtual, you can invite everybody, you know, it's fine. So that's when we went through this change of going, right, it's UK IT leaders and it's open, um, you know, it's open to everybody. Um, but, you know, it is strictly, the group is strictly IT people. There are no suppliers or vendors in there. It's completely IT leaders. So, um, you know, it's a safe place where we can help each other out without anyone selling anything to us. Yeah. It's nice just to have that reassurance, isn't it? As leaders, yeah. I think sometimes every, everyone has a bit of a wobble now and again. Everyone has get, gets a bit of imposter syndrome. So it's nice to be able to have that backup and support that you can get in a, in a group like that. And you said there's a WhatsApp group, is there? So you're all messaging. It started as a WhatsApp group. We've now, um, we've now got our own app, the UK IT Leaders um, app. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone does want to, yeah, you've got to, haven't you, really? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just got through so big that, uh, you know, it started off as a group on WhatsApp. Um, so now we've got our own app. And, and if you want to join the group, you just go to the Apple Store or, or the Play Store or whatever and download the app, fill out the registration, and then we review it because we're very strict about, in the group you know you i'm sure you wouldn't be surprised to hear that you get some sales people trying to sneak in but we do our investigative work and if you are a genuine it leader you will be um more than welcome uh, in the group and uh, i'm sure you'd be, love being part of it as well brilliant that sounds like great fun so impressive career i'm sure there's been many highs along the way but um what would you say is your greatest achievement Whoa, wow. <laughs> um, I haven't even thought about that. I've never had a, a chance to stop for a second and think. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, I never planned any of this. And it was, it's just been an absolute 
ball all of it. I've I've been so blessed with the opportunities that I've had and the people that the people that I've worked with. Um, you know, I think recently in the team I'm working with at the moment at THG, the the absolute grit and perseverance and rigor that the team showed when we went into lockdown and we had a lot of stuff to do really quickly. You know, I know it was a challenging time for everybody, but we, um, the team were just incredible. I was truly very proud um, of what we achieved, not only in getting the whole business home and effectively working, you know, with hardly any issues at all, but actually we had to completely reinvent the way that we do our job. Um, pretty much overnight is like what well, we've got we've gone into lockdown we've got 40 new people starting on Monday how's that going to work they're not coming to the office they're not going to be in our induction on Monday morning where we hand out 40 laptops how are we going to do that and um, you know we'd been working on zero touch provisioning and all of that so we got that launched you know immediately and worked with suppliers to get um you know, equipment shipped directly to people's home addresses and those that were leaving, you know, getting packages and boxes sent to their houses to get their kit put in and taken back. You know, it was, um, so I think, you know, I, I've been part of some amazing programs and delivered some great things, but um, that, it, you know, these are such, we'll never go through a challenge like this in our lifetime. Hopefully. Um, not for the first time. If it happens again, yeah. we would so we'll be fine but um you know this is certainly one of the biggest things that probably happened to a few of us in, a, in our lifetime in our working life mm. um and uh, the team dealt with it so incredibly well and you know delivered and developed some new things as well at the same time so i'm probably most proud of that great i guess that level of unity and that it's brought the team together as well it sounds like you've already had a really close team anyway but it's yeah amazing. yeah and bring everyone together yeah. I think this will be an interesting question, because you're such a people person. But if you didn't, if you hadn't have gone into tech, what would you do for a career? Wow. Yeah, that is an interesting one. Probably, I probably would have been a tennis coach. So tennis was the sport that I enjoyed. Um, and, you know, I did qualify as a tennis coach. And I was, when I did that first job on the help desk, I was still doing tennis coaching in the, at the weekend. And I, I actually thought it would go the other way. I thought the help desk job was the bit on the side. <laughs> and the tennis would be the way that I would go. And I wasn't expecting to have enjoyed my career in technology, and, which is quite worrying in a way. You wonder how many other people are out there that have no idea how rewarding a, a career in technology could be. Agreed, yeah. Because they're not a pure techie. Um, mm. But yeah, I thought it would go the other way. So I think I probably would have carried on um, being a tennis coach. <laughs> it's interesting, that, isn't it? That, that was, yeah. there were two paths in front of you. The one you didn't think you, you would have taken has taken you on this amazing yeah. career. Yeah. But, but actually, I think you made a... Oh, sorry, what you say? I was just going to say, it's actually not that different when I think about it. It's kind of like how identifying where people need help, you know, that coaching element of, you know, try it this way. Um, let me just show you, now you try. You know, a lot of that. Um, when you're, you know, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Oh, do you still play tennis now? I haven't, I haven't played tennis for years. <laughs> Good weather for tennis at the minute. Oh, you should be getting out. Ellie, you've been playing a bit, haven't you? I've, even I've been playing. 
I probably need a coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the weather's been great, hasn't it? Until I take the day off today. And now it's all <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so um you've obviously got a very um uh high pressured um key position, particularly everything that you've had to deal with more recently. Um I would have said you oh, you know, do you still play tennis to keep yourself sane and healthy and manage all that stress but uh, obviously not and um, so what no. do you do um how do you find like you know what I guess kind of giving other people like tips and advice around how do you manage the stress of everything and how do you keep yourself sane and healthy I think um it's uh, because I enjoy it's that old saying of if you enjoy your job you'll never work a day in your life um mm-hmm. I, I am thoroughly excited by what I do. And I think if you can find something you're excited about um, and you get to do that every day, yeah, there will be bad days and, and hopefully there'll be few and far between. And when they happen, you just have to remember that. Um, and, you know, I think it's all about teamwork, uh, whether you're at work or whether you're at home and, you know, thinking about my family and my, my husband and my son, um, and what an incredible team, team Drake that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all about working things out and working together. Um, but I think it just goes back to the fact that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm very excited about what's ahead of me. Um, and I don't feel dread. Now, I do remember at one point in my career, very, very, very early on being in that position where I did wake up with dread. You know, almost thinking, even on a Sunday evening, oh, God, you know, oh, it's Monday tomorrow. And um, I made a decision to not do that anymore and to enjoy my work. Um, So, and that, I guess that sounds easier than it really is. But but when it is true, then um, I I just think it makes you able to cope with a lot more because you're enjoying it. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I get there's not really much more to it. I'm not, um, you know, I don't particularly go to the gym and, uh, you know, beat it out of myself that way. I've just got a really supportive family. Mm. Um, we work together well as a team. So, so yeah. I that um, spending time with the family helps as well though, doesn't it? Like I've got, um, you've got a son, haven't you? And yes. A little yeah. boy who's five. Um, and, you know, just that, that even just that like 15, 20 minutes in, I don't know if you still do this with yours because he's a little bit older, but like I get into bed with him and read him a few books and yes, yeah. cuddles and, and that for me, like if I'm stressed at all about work, I'm just like, oh, this makes it feel so much better. Oh, definitely. I think it's, the, I think it's the simple things. Yeah. Uh, but certainly for me, um, you know, I don't need a, a lot to enjoy myself and it's things like you say, reading a, a book with your son and or talking nonsense with your son or playing badminton in the garden or swing ball or having a bath and a glass of wine and watching a movie you know these things are really pleasurable and enjoyable and few and far between but they are simple things it, it doesn't take a lot to kind of help you switch off and and wind down it's just taking that time to make sure yeah. you do it isn't it more than anything else absolutely um, cool fantastic so um Last question for you, um, which is a nice question to just close everything off. Um, what are you most excited about at the moment? 
Um, what have you got? What big plans have you got coming up, say, over the next six to 12 months? I think it's, and I've probably touched on elements of them all the way along. There's obviously, you know, the role at THG, there's still so much to do. The business is growing incredibly, you, you know, who knows what we'll we'll do next you know some of it we know some of it we don't but but it's exciting um and you know that challenge of always needing to be able to react very quickly and grow at pace is one that i really relish so there's obviously you know my role and then there's the stuff we do with the uk it uh, leaders group um and continuing to work with them and put back into the industry um, you know, some of the things that we're thinking about in there, doing more mentoring and coaching in the industry, um, you know, with uh, with people inside that group and connected to that group. Um, and, and, you know, the role at TDAS as well, you know, that's quite new for me in the trustee role there. And really, you know, I've worked with the charity quite a bit in the past, but this is, you know, me now formally working with them mm-hmm. um, and, you know, looking to see where we can go with technology um, in that space. And I, you know, I've got so much to learn as well in that role um so you know it's just really exciting to know that i've got opportunities where i'm going to learn so much uh in the future so yeah i've got i've got lots of things to to be excited uh, about i'm like you've got some great challenges there which is amazing yeah and also you've got the new amazing office move coming up this huge project it's that as well yeah thq um the big new campus which you know um my team and I are heavily uh, involved in. That's absolutely um, mind-blowing. You know, we have several projects that are, you know, sometimes once in a career lifetime opportunities. And we've got several of those going on at the moment. Um, you mentioned THQ. There's also um, Icon, the uh, Europe's largest creative studio that we're building as well. Um, there's our hotels and refurbishments there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hugely exciting and we are absolutely blessed to be in a position where we get the opportunity to work on some of the biggest projects uh, in Europe, which is which is great. That's fantastic. Definitely keeping you busy and challenged, which is amazing. <laughs> so we will end it there and let you go and enjoy your champagne and seafood. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a wonderful afternoon planned with Team Drake anyway. So yeah, like definitely. That. Yes, I have. Yeah, thanks. Uh, happy um, birthday. Enjoy the rest of you. the day. Yeah, definitely. And are you happy if um, people want to get in touch via LinkedIn to reach out? And um, obviously... Yeah, yeah via linkedin and and again the uk it leaders group if people want to join the group just download the app and and register and uh we'll we look forward to welcoming you perfect amazing thank you very much for your time joanna great having you on thank you pleasure take care Bye. bye bye